It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. All right. Welcome to Moment of Truth. And uh, thank you for listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And also for anyone listening on other radio stations that now carry Moment of Truth, we welcome you to the show. We also welcome those listeners who might be listening on their favorite podcast platform as well. Always a pleasure to have you join us each and every day right here on Moment of Truth. And it is a pleasure to welcome back to the show today someone that we had on, geez, got to be close to almost a year now, I think. (laughs) Crystal Shawanda is here on the show, and it's a pleasure to have her back. Because last time we spoke, uh, Crystal, your album, I think, had just dropped, Church House Blues. It had just dropped. So it was kind of exciting to have you on talking about that. And now, of course, you've been nominated in two categories for the Junos. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. I always say just to be included and recognized is always an honor. And I already, uh, regardless of what happens, I'm just, I'm just psyched. That's great. Nice to hear. Uh, Just so people know, you have been nominated, as I say, in two categories. One is the Indigenous Artist or Group of the Year, and the other one is Blues Album of the Year. And that's very cool. So when you heard about the fact that you were nominated in these two categories, um, the fact that, uh, first of all, this is this is a blues. I know that that it's it's something that's been near and dear to you, but you've moved away from more of the country into the blues. So how did that feel when you heard about it? Oh, it was like, it was like uh, running through a finish line, you know, Mm. running through that ribbon when you're in a race. That's what it felt like. Um, Because, you know, we've been working really, really hard for this. We we really had to earn this one. (laughs) You know, when I made my switch from country to blues, um, you know, I met a little resistance and a little rejection because, you know, people in the blues world felt like, well, you don't know anything about the blues. You're you're a country music singer. And then some of my country music fans were like, well, we're not going to listen to you anymore now that you're singing the blues. And, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm just a person like everybody else. I'm trying to figure out where I fit in, where I belong. And and I'm, I'm just following my heart and, and following my heart led me to the blues. And it just, you know, when I'm singing the blues, I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. I feel like it was like letting a bird out of a cage. So, um, you know, getting this nomination, like I said, it, uh, you know, being nominated in this category with all the people that I'm nominated alongside, it's a it's a big honor, you know, and um, regardless of what the outcome is, whoever wins, I already feel like a winner just because I feel like I'm finally, uh, you know, I'm finally accepted <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> That's great. Now, going back to what, what you were just saying about the, the resistance and some of that pushback that you got from some people, you, you know, on the blue side and on the countryside. It, it, it it's just something that an artist has to deal with, right? When you because you're always evolving, you're always changing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody's always changing, always evolving, and you know, like you said, sometimes people don't like that. You know, sometimes people feel comfortable when things stay the same. Um, you know, but for me, I'm I'm a true artist. You know, I've never been one to follow. Um, you know, uh, trying to you know follow that number one spot i'm i'm a true artist i'm expressing my my heart and my soul i'm expressing my views and i love to do music with a meaning music with a message um you know so that was a part of me going to the blues and and you know and i grew up on both country and blues i was exposed to all kinds of music you know i'm i'm a music fan so like i love country i love blues i love 
rock music. You know, I, I even love musicals. I'm, you know, people are like, what kind of people like musicals? I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love classical music. I've, I've had training from all different genres, um, you know, but it's, it's for me, like I said, I'm just following my heart and this is, this is what feels right to me. This is what feels, this is where I'm happiest. So it's, it's a good thing. <laughs> and I guess, you, you know, you're sharing this uh, not only with your, yourself, but your husband, he played a huge role in this, in this uh, album, right? Yes, actually, well, he played all the guitars on it and he produced the album. And this is the first time um, that he solely produced the album by himself. Um, usually we co-produce the album, our al past albums together. And uh, but, you know, with my little girl at my side, it's a little tougher for me. You know, usually I have, you know, a lot of people in the studio always say I have dog ears because I hear everything that nobody else hears. Like everybody will be like, that sounds great. And I'll be like, no, 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 no. There's a note there or something's wrong there. Or, you know, I always catch that stuff. <laughs> but ever since I had my little girl, I'm not really catching that stuff anymore. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm too busy keeping an eye on her and making sure that she's happy and that she's, you know, um, fulfilled. And so, um, so I decided to, you know, I made that decision. I'm going to step away from the producer's chair so I can keep being a great mom and keep being a great artist. And it actually, and I love the way it turned out. It was great having, you know, just putting all my trust in him. He's taught me everything I know about producing anyway. So it was, a, it was an easy decision. And um, I think he was so excited about it that he totally stepped up, up to the plate and he was such a perfectionist through it all. And um, and so he's producing the new album that we're working on again. So I'm really excited about that. You know, when you were saying that uh, you, you listen to both kinds of music, you were referring to the blues and country. It reminded <laughs> me that old uh, that old um, comment I remember hearing. I think it was a blooper somewhere. And, and somebody said, uh, what kind of music do you like? And they said, oh, I like both kinds, country and Western. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. And, you know, and that's the thing, too, is like a lot of people don't realize, like, when I say, you know, when people say like, oh, you're a country music singer, a lot of people don't realize I was raised on like old country music, like Hank Williams was the staple in our house. And, you know, Hank Williams was a country blues man, you know, everything that he knew, he learned from blues men in his town, you know, mm -hmm. where he grew up. Um, he was, you know, he would sh shine shoes for money and then he would take that money. And he would go and take it to these local bluesmen who were playing on the streets and he would pay them to teach him how to play guitar. And, you know, and that's why he had songs like Love Sick Blues, Long Gone Lonesome Blues. And even um, the song uh, uh, My Bucket's Got a Hole in It, that was actually originally a blues song from a blues singer that he covered. So, you know, a lot of people don't realize these things, but like that's, you know, I, I love the history of music. So I know the history of country and blues. And so, um, you know, it's country is an extension of blues, you know? Yeah, I think any good music is good music, right? Exactly. It's a listen to I listen to good music. <laughs> it doesn't matter what genre is, it is as long as it's good. Now you mentioned musicals and um there are some fabulous musicals out there with especially now musicals have really taken on a whole new sort of a approach in the way they present themselves, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. A perfect example of that is La La Land. Like, oh my god, what a beautiful film. The Oh, the cinematography in that movie and the music. Uh, you know, I've heard some people make fun of the movie, like, how can anybody watch a bunch of people singing and dancing around? But for me, when I watch a musical like that, I think about everything. I think about the choreographer, the writers, the people who are making the sets. Like, 
the costume people like it's it's amazing like it takes this incredible team to put together a production like that and and i respect that because it's the same thing with recording an album you know like when we recorded church house blues it's you know it's all the people behind the scenes the musicians the engineers so much goes into it a lot of heart and soul so any piece of art i always respect all the working parts of it that makes the you know the finished result Mm. Is that something you could maybe see yourself doing in the future? Musicals? <laughs> I, I, you know, if the opportunity came, I would totally do it. Uh, I used to do them like back in the day in high school. I did some musicals and I loved it. It was so much fun watching, you know, everybody put these pieces together. And then the when you have the final run and the show is running and you're on stage with all these people and you're looking at each other like, wow, this is happening. We're doing it, you know, and that's an exciting thing. And then on the last night when you have your closing night, you know, it's, you can't help but almost break into tears as you're making eye contact with your fellow actors and actresses. It's just like, oh, it's over because you work so hard and put so much into it. So yeah, anything's possible for me. I'm always looking for a new adventure. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of that sort of thing, you know, the um, the Junos have been moved. Of course, they were going to be on May 16th, but now they've been moved to uh, June 6th, right? Because of COVID. Yeah. And uh, that we should let people know that, of course, for sure. Now, they're going to be broadcast nationwide, and that's going to be on CBC TV, CBC Gem, uh, CBC Radios and One, as well as uh, CBC Music, and on cbcmusic.ca slash Junos as well. So um, you have any idea at this point uh, where you might be or what might be transpiring throughout this whole event? Um, well, um, you know, at first we were saying that, um, well, just, we're still talking. There's discussions going on right now. They're talking to us about um, possibly doing something. So um, there's been talks about me actually going up there or doing setting up a virtual show from Nashville um, mm. uh, for, you know, not for the main, main, main right. show, but for, right. the, for the gala yeah. gala show, because that's when they um, announced the um, for the Indigenous and the Blues category. That's when those are announced. Um, so we're, we'll see. We're still in discussion. So, but I'm, I'm just excited that um, I'm included in any discussions <laughs> about that. That's, that's great. You know, something you said earlier when you're talking about Hank, um, you said staple, his the staple. And it reminded me of something you referred to in, uh, in one of the videos you've made around your, your uh, Church House Blues album, because you made some videos, which is cool. People can go there online and, and check out and, and sort of get the backstory behind some of the songs and things, which is, which is really cool. And I want to make sure and mention that so people can go to your, uh, to your website and check that out and check out the videos for your songs. But I wanted to mention, uh, yes, it made me think of Mavis Staple, because you refer to Mavis and the importance that 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 she had in your life yeah absolutely you know um like you said I did these little promo videos you know because we were you know because of the pandemic I knew we weren't going to tour and I couldn't get together with the team at True North Records to do these promo videos so I had to get creative on my own you know we were um camp at the time we were camped out at my parents house on the reserve in Weequemcong where I'm from And so, you know, I just thought, you know, I'm just going to be, you know, share uh, my honest uh, story of how I came to the blues. And a a big part of that was, you know, in high school, um, I went to a really awesome high school in Sault Ste. Marie, Cora Collegiate, and my teacher, Peter White, 
he used to show us these videos called the history of rock and roll. And it goes through like all the way back to like the fifties and whatever. And, but even in those videos, sometimes they would reach back further because these artists would talk about their influences and how they got to where they are. And so one of the singers that I became exposed to was Mavis Staples, well, it was the Staples singers. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I fell in love with her and her passion. And, you know, when she sings, you can, you can feel that in that moment when she's singing, she is connecting to her creator. And it's, it's so divine. It's just, and I remember watching her sing and thinking, I want to know what that feels like. I want to feel that too. And so that was a big part of it. And then I remember, um, you know, then I kind of, you know, you know, you get distracted by all different kinds of music and just living and whatever. And then I ended up being reminded of her when I watched, um, you know, the last waltz, the last performance by the band mm. and the staple singers were singing with them. And again, it was in that performance singing amazing. It all sounded amazing. Then when she goes to hit that line, and she just like, it just like comes out of her. And I was just like, oh my God, yes, I want to feel that. I want to feel that every single time I sing, whether it's in the studio or on, or on stage, I want to feel that every single time. And, and that's what it's been for me ever since is, you know, when I'm on stage, that's when I feel closest to my creator. That's, that's my church right there. That's my church house is music. And so um, you know, all these blues singers like Mavis Staples and Big Mama Thornton, Etta James, uh, you know, that that's what they taught me. They gave me a really big education. You know, they're singing and then they're singing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a difference. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because you've been referred to as uh, as reminding people of those great singers. You mentioned Etta James, you know, how, how does that make you feel when, when you get referred to in that same category? Oh, it's, it's mind blowing. You know, I, you know, I'm, I, I still feel like I'm, I'm still working on myself. I still feel like my voice is still growing. It's still evolving. I don't think I've reached my pinnacle yet. My, my point where I can't do any better or do more. Um, You know, my range has grown. My, my power and precision has grown and it's because of these teachers because of the singers that i choose to listen to and and it's not just their vocal abilities but it's their passion you know and the Mm. heart they put into everything and i think the thing that i've connected to the most is i've ever since i was a kid i've always say said i could i could hear their broken hearts coming through their singing you know and and that's what singing has always been for me it's a release it's an outlet you know it's songwriting and singing it's like cheap therapy that's how i i get through everything and that's why sometimes you know in shows sometimes it'll surprise me like if i'm dealing with something personally that i haven't told about to anybody and i'm singing a certain song on stage and all of a sudden i get choked up well that's my personal stuff <laughs> making its way out on the stage you know i'm i I'm, uh, I've always been very, like, uh, an open book. I wear my heart on my sleeve, definitely. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. My guest here on Moment of Truth is the Juno-nominated in two categories, Crystal Shawanda. I'm your host, David Moses. Uh, when you referred to that, that, that comment about you want to feel that, how do you feel that you're, you're there? Yeah, for sure. I... I... I, I think I'm, I feel like I'm there because I've stopped worrying about so much about what people think of me. Um, and in every sense, like I, I don't care anymore. Like, 
you know, I, something I always say is I, I'm not a pretty, like I'm an ugly singer. And by that, I mean, when <laughs> I'm really tearing into a song, I make the most awkward and ugly faces because that's what I got to do to get, hit those notes. And, you know, and there's some people who, you know, some singers, um, you know, they're, they're more commercial. So, you know, it's all about having every hair in place and perfect makeup. And when they step off stage, they look like they just finished a makeup tutorial. Well, <laughs> that's not me. <laughs> when I've done a show, I'm going to look like a drowned rat. My hair is going to be covered, like soaking sweat in sweat. My makeup is going to be running down my face. And, uh, but you know what though, I, regardless of that, because of that, because I'm willing to go there, I know that people in the audience are leaving feeling what I felt on stage because that's what it's all about, you know? And I feel like I'm in that place because um, the feeling I feel when I step off stage, when I step off stage, I, I can't even explain it. I feel like I'm floating. I feel like, and when I'm on stage, I don't even feel like I'm touching the stage. My gr on the, I don't even feel the ground. And, you know, sometimes people say, how can you dance and stomp and jump around in those high heels? Well, because I'm not jumping and stomping around. I'm flying around that stage. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I feel like I'm in that place. You know, um, I've let go. I've let go of uh, pressures of appearance and pressures of singing the right songs and um, saying the right things. And, and now I just, I'm just myself now. And, um, and I'm finding the people who get that, you know, my fans who come to my shows and who continue to come to my shows throughout all the changes. Um, those people get me and they get it. And, um, and that's why I feel like I'm in finally in that place. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Crystal church house blues, the, the, the title track of the, the album, you just talked about that a little bit in that, uh, you know, Church House Blues, that's your, that's your church. That's your place, right? Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the story, though, of, of the song, because it, it ties into your reserve to some degree, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the story, like for me on Church House Blues, the song, the song, it talks about, you know, playing at a roadhouse on like a Saturday night. And then going to church on a Sunday morning and and rather than focusing on the differences, it talks about the similarities, you know, like we're all more the same than we are different. And sometimes people spend so much time judging each other and growing up, you know, because of my upbringing, I feel like I was exposed to two different worlds, musically and socially. Um, you know, uh, I grew up in, you know. Um, in, on a, in my community of Weequimcoing and my family, and I was surrounded by people who were still dealing with the aftermath of the residential school era. And, you know, the trauma that people experienced in residential schools, it's still lasting today, you know, because all of that trauma, it basically trickled down like a waterfall. And they call that intergenerational trauma. And um, so, you know, I grew up seeing a lot of different things like addiction, alcoholism, abuse, uh, depression, and, um, you know, very uh, lifestyles that are, you know, um, risky. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and, and these people were my family, they were my friends, they were people I looked up to. And I could see that just because, you know, in life, just because somebody is struggling with addiction or alcoholism or whatever it is, that they're good people. And that something bad happened to them. And that made me more understanding of people in general and to not be so judgmental. 
And, and even when it comes to your faith, you know, I grew up with some people who go to church and some people who go to ceremony. Um, and, you know, and I think, I think that we should always just be grateful when the people around us have found something to get them through life because life is hard, you know, and you got to find that thing that's going to keep you coming back for more. And, you know, so my parents, they would take me to sing, um, you know, at local bars and grills and taverns. And, you know, and I would we would go in and we our disguise was we were going to go in and eat. And then while we were eating, I would go and ask the band, can I get up and sing a song? And, <laughs> And, you know, and they'd always be like, oh, what are you going to sing? Puff the Magic Dragon, you know? And I'd be like, no, let's do some Johnny Cash, you know? And, and they'd always get a kick out of me. And so I started to become friends with a lot of different musicians and bands. And they were always excited to get me up. And, you know, and people would come in for their afternoon. People would come in early to start drinking and have some beers. And so I was, you know, exposed to that. But I wasn't scared of it because I'd already seen that with people I grew up around. And then sometimes my mom would take me to church to sing. I would sing with the choir. And then I would also sing for the community, whether there was weddings or funerals. Um, I sang for a lot of funerals for a lot of people within my family. So I was exposed to a lot of um, death at an early age. And I think that all attributes to the person I am and the musician, the artist that I am. And so I feel like this song really... Um, translates that you know that uh, whatever works for you whatever is your church house whether that's church ceremony or music <laughs> you got to find that thing that gets you through this crazy thing called life <laughs> I went down to the church house to get my Sunday morning right I went down to the church house to get my Sunday morning right Listen 
sharing that. Now, while you were speaking, I couldn't help but think of that video you made about the the song itself, because it shows you uh, images of your community. It refers to, uh, you know, that exact thing. And and it reminded me, because I forgot about on Wiki how you had uh, uh, of what's left of the old residential school right beside the church, right? And you, you take us there. Yes, yes, the ruins are right there. And so... You know, I feel like it was all meant to be, you know, like we kind of got stuck on my reserve at the beginning of the pandemic. But I feel like it was meant to be because I don't think I would have had the idea to really include those personal uh, like that footage of the ruins and the churches within our community. And um, and, you know, and and because there is a lot of people that find refuge um, still in those churches. And I feel like sometimes within um you know our indigenous community sometimes people try to shame people because they are continuing to go to church you know even though um what happened through residential schools um but i don't think that's good to do that because if somebody is struggling and they're finding their strength there then just let them you know dude if you want to go to ceremony go to ceremony and for me i'm not promoting either i'm saying do what works for you and, um, you know, my mom, she, you know, she reads a Bible, but she also smudges, mm. you know, and I come from a very spiritual family. Um, my brother is a healer. And um, so that's what we follow. But like I said, do what works for you and whatever is going to get you through the struggle in your life, then do that. Thank you once again for sharing that. Bigger Than the Blues is another song that I've got lined up here to, to talk about and to, to share. What can you tell us about that one? Yeah, so uh, Bigger Than the Blues is a song that I wrote with D. Wayne Strobel, my husband. And um, this song was inspired by some really honest conversations about mental health and depression and suicide. And um, we got to talking about this stuff after hearing about the passing of Kelly Frazier, who's a very talented Unuk pop artist who took her life, unfortunately, last Christmas. And... Um, it really triggered a lot of memories for both me and Dwayne of different loved ones of ours who had also, um, you know, who had also passed away in that way. And it, we really got to talking about it and how, you know, you sometimes you never know when somebody is struggling. So, you know, people always say, reach out to somebody who's struggling. But that's the thing is sometimes you don't always know. Sometimes people hide it really well behind a big, beautiful smile. And um, and then unfortunately, sometimes we find out too late. And so we wanted to write this song in the hopes that when somebody is struggling and they hear this song, that this song will they'll hear it when they need to. And then it'll help them get through their struggles and it'll help them hang on and be ready to come back for more. And so that was the, you know, basically the song is a hope and a prayer. Uh, Crystal, thanks again for taking the time to join us on the show. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and yeah, congratulations. Church House Blues nominated for two Junos, Indigenous Artists or Group of the Year, and Blues Album of the Year for 2021. Chimiguech, and we look forward to having you back. Thank you, Chimiguech, David. Thank you. All right, you. you take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
All right, time for a break here on Moment of Truth. Stay tuned. I caught him dancing in the house like the roadhouse we played last night. Ooh, that preacher, he was shaking like little Richard on speed. That piano player dancing up on his feet like Jerry Lee. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. All right, welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. My guest here on the show today, my very special guest and friend, is Mr. Julian Taylor, who also happens to uh, be the afternoon DJ here at 106.5 Element FM, and it's a pleasure that I share the afternoon with him every day, and have done so for almost uh, almost three years, as we were talking about in the first half of the show. Julian, of course, is now Juno-nominated in two categories for his album, The Ridge, and he is nominated for Contemporary Roots Album of the Year, as well as Indigenous Artist or Group of the Year. And we also mentioned that, of course, he is also the Canadian Folk Music Awards winner for the Artist of the Year that was just announced recently uh, for 2021. So congratulations to Julian, and it's a pleasure to have him on the show and talk about The Ridge and other uh, other music that he has performed over the years. And also, uh, we get to hear some of his other music here on Element FM as well. So Julian, uh, as we were saying earlier, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to sort of talk a little bit more about the cover of the album, The Ridge itself. I know we talked about this before. Um, tell us a little bit more about that, please. Uh, that cover is a shot, uh, that, a picture that I took. Yep. And uh, it, it uh, at my aunt's farm, my great aunt's farm, it was the morning after I found out that my grandmother passed and I went for a walk and I just started taking pictures. Mm. Uh, that is one that I took. And it's... Uh, really amazing how it all worked out mm. because it could very well be uh, the barn from maple ridge it's mm-hmm. uh actually a barn in creamore but mm. um yeah and uh i also took the picture uh of the back of the, the cd of the, of the record too so right. pretty neat to be able to put yeah. the music together and then also to be the photographer who actually <laughs> did, did the cover work. That's right. That's right. Uh, you, you've mentioned your grandparents uh, a, a few times now, and I know that you had a very special relationship with your grandfather. In fact, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, you, you wrote a song about him. I did. Carry Me Home uh, off of Technoir by the Julian Taylor Band as a, as a lament to my, my late grandfather. Yeah. Um, I think there's other things tied in with that as well, isn't there? Well, the record released on his birthday. Yes. That particular record, right. uh, which just passed. He, March 31st was his birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, Carry Me Home was really written in a, a hotel room in Mexico. And some songs come to you really quickly. Uh, that one did. Right. The inspiration for the song obviously being uh, a, a wealth of, of good wonderful uh, experiences so sometimes that, that might be why some songs come out so quickly yeah. sorry you probably can hear the kids in the back a little bit but um 
the uh, at least I can. Yeah. The reality <laughs> is that um, with with songs that come from a, a, a wide ranging of emotion experience, they really have a, a, a way of connecting with people because we all have these experiences, and um, it's important to let them out and share them. Because that way, like I said in, in Human Race, a lot of people, I, I think a lot of people feel alone. Mm. I mean, I do. Mm. And um, I think it's important to sort of address some sort of connection for loneliness and sorrow, uh, the way that we do with happiness. We, we celebrate happiness in such a, a, a way that we have birthday parties and, and we have things, celebrations that celebrate happiness. We should, we should embrace loneliness and, and and celebrate it too because if we do that then i think that it offers some sort of connection with the with each other mm. rather than making us feel distant and far away from each right, other right 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 um okay well i think we should maybe give that song a little bit of a spin so why don't we listen to that uh, right now and then we'll come back and talk more you got it
All right, that's Carry Me Home by Mr. Julian Taylor, who is my guest here on Moment of Truth. We're talking to him about his latest album, The Bridge, which is Juno-nominated for 2021. And it's a pleasure to have him on the show. Julian, you know, your father, your grandfather, and Carry Me Home, that song, um, I believe there's other things that, that you talk about with your grandfather. For some reason, the, 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 the desert flower comes to mind. Why? Why do I think about your grandfather and the desert flower? The desert flower, the, the de- desert star, the flower that yes. grows in the desert? Yes. I don't know. Um, I, I, I like that flower because uh, it's something that grows in the harshest conditions. Right. Which um, is interesting because nature and Mother Earth is such a force that even the hardest of circumstances, growth comes from that. Mm. It can, it can, it can still, you know, be something that is is recognized by the Creator, and that will to survive, and that will to grow, and that will to continue on is something that I think the human race is really all about. And there's so many things that we're all about, but that's a big one. Um, now again, carry me home. You wrote that song, like you said, in Mexico, and that you were stuck there, right? You couldn't get home because there was an ice storm, and and uh, you were at a, at a wedding. You remember that ice storm that we had back, like I don't know, 2014. Oh yeah, yeah, that was then. Yeah. So I, I want to play a little bit of a game with you, if you don't mind. Ooh, I like games. Okay, okay. good, good. So if I say to you, S B B. Sautéed bacon bits. <laughs> Sautéed bacon bits, right? Is it was an old band. Yes. Yeah, it was like I was a singer in, in uh, Sautéed Bacon Bits, and we 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 covered like um, David Wilcox's Riverboat Fantasy and Dear Mister Fantasy, uh, some sort of a theme there. We were supposed to do a show, uh, and we did it at this. We were supposed to do a show at the Spectrum, which was it was long closed, and got up there, and I just. I couldn't do it. I just walked off the stage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and yeah. wh- why? Why couldn't you do it? Nerves. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, I think that was one of my first shows. I got over it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you still have nerves? Do you still get the nerves? I hope so. What's <laughs> Jesus doing? Yeah, I do. I think that, um, and I can't take credit for this, but thank goodness I do have nerves. But uh, most great performers, just before they go in to to hit that take uh get more nervous than anybody else i get mm. really nervous mm. and the reason i get so nervous uh and tony bennett says it right the best is that you know those those nerves you're doing a good job already but you just want to get you, those nerves make you want to dig a little deeper it's like getting ready to run a race you know mm-hmm. how your stomach gets all yeah you know i used to do long distance running and 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 uh, my stomach get all uncomfortable. Like I felt like I was going to puke. And sometimes I did. <laughs> and uh, it made me run faster. Mm. It wasn't the shoes. It wasn't the, the, the shoes. It yeah. was the nerves that yeah. made you run faster. It isn't the nerves make you want to do better. You want to take another take. I want to do another take. Why? Because I didn't think I got that. My nerves are, are getting to me. And then all of a sudden, the nerves are what allow your body, because you are the instrument. Like I said before, we are the song. Mm. Um, get into that space mm. it's all kinetic space and as far as i'm concerned i don't look at it in any other way i mean i don't know you know i, I just look at humans as conduits to other um to the mysteries that we're all trying to solve mm. you know all right 
Napoleonic complex. <laughs> um, short. Um, the fact that uh, I was like 4'11 for most of my high school mm. years. I was really small. I'm still not very big, but mm. I was really small. And, and yeah, you brought up that and how that affected you. What, what, how did that affect you? Um, you know, it's when people, I, I guess I just felt like inadequate, I suppose, you know, and especially during that time, I was unsure as, as to like how I wanted to explore being someone the opposite sex or even the same sex. It was like, you know, I wasn't sure which way up, uh, which way was up or which way was down. And I experimented with several different things and, and I had a hard time, you know, with with my 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 own imaging because i was so short and i think that's just a i mean i have so many insecurities it's it's ridiculous just like everybody else and i mean i'm yeah. insecure about every little thing uh in my life uh and height was one that took over i mean i had bad acne as well when i was in high school and that was something that um made me feel inadequate as well. I mean, everybody wants to feel like they're perfect, but mm. they're not, you know, and that's the thing. Okay, what does uh, Julian Taylor and the Terminator have in common? Lots. <laughs> please I ex- say, and please explain. I, I recite Arnold Schwarzenegger lines in my house all the time to annoy the kid. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we have lots. And the funny, Technoir is a, uh, was a record right. released in 2014. Right. And... It is the uh, bar that Arnold Schwarzenegger walks into uh, in that first scene in the first Terminator movie. A lot of people don't know this, but Desert Star is also a bar in a Terminator movie. That's why I was asking you, because I remember hearing the reference that uh, you made. So, so yes, there's two references. Uh, I love the Terminator movies. How can It's so entertaining. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure they are. I can watch T2 right now. <laughs> it's so <laughs> awesome.
Um, now something else you've been doing over uh, a, a number of years, I guess, in a little while, is the jukebox cover sessions. Yeah, I got to get on that. I, I'm going to do one this weekend. Yeah. I've, I've been so busy with the the Junos and uh, the CM, CFMAs and stuff like that that it's, I've skipped a few weeks. But yeah, yeah, I bought this old jukebox. I've got about 245s in there. And uh, I just thought it'd be fun to like learn some of the songs in the jukebox and then play another, a couple of favorites that, that I like and, and set up there and just jam away mm. and put them up on my Patreon. Mm. Um, fork in the road. Staggered crossing. That uh, sort of the, 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 the name came from the path less traveled. You know, the, you get to a fork in the road. That's you got decisions to make. And wasn't that also leading back to your grandfather? Maybe that's the connection. I was, isn't he's, yeah, it does yeah. lead back to that. Yeah. 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 That's what I thought. <clears throat> okay. And, and you took some time off. You were a bartender for about five years. Uh, longer than that, but oh, yeah? we can go with five. I can't remember any. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I had such a great time. Um, and I, I personally believe, like, I've always said this, you know, like, everybody uh, who, who graduates post-secondary should not be, uh, be allowed to walk into the workplace. They should It should be a mandatory one year uh, in the hospitality industry. It really taught me a lot about people, about... Uh, service to the community about um how to treat people and how people get treated and mm -hmm. watching the whole thing was pretty uh, interesting i mean i owe a lot to um a, a woman by the name of dana dana kerbel uh, from the the the, the, the gull and the firkin i worked there for a while i worked at uh, mad monty's uh, god rest his soul he's gone um and then at Dora Keogh for a long time. And uh, John Maxwell and Dora Keogh herself are, are still really wonderful friends and, and mentors of mine. Uh, they called me from Portugal, which they've, they've been there for the whole pandemic, mm. kind of stuck there actually. Mm. And um, just to wish me a congratulations. Mm. Nice to see their faces and hear their voices and say hello. Okay. Treasure chest. <laughs> the record avalanche is... Um, pretty much based on that treasure chest uh i still have it it's in my attic for my uh i guess 40th birthday i'm 43 now so mm. maybe it's early maybe it was 38 I, things start to clump together after a while you know i don't even know how old i am sometimes i have to ask my daughter she's like you're oh great okay let's well, <laughs> move on now but uh yeah so the um the treasure chest was given to me by my mom it just contained pretty much everything that she had saved from my entire life Mm. Uh, she basically, she's like, here, it's yours now. It's your burden. It's your life. It's your memories. It's your treasure. And so going through all those photos, funeral programs, I've lost a lot of people in my life. Uh, uh, people, people have died around me for a very long time. And, um, ever since I was a child, I started losing fr friends, you know, like mm. talking like a teenager. Right. But we got to put a lot of Scott up to no good as well. So that had something to do with it, but um really interesting to see your life in paper and pictures and medals and ribbons and all that stuff i mean like i said it's hard to remember um and recall memories from your childhood but it's not as hard as, as if you if you have artifacts <laughs> mm. and i had artifacts mm. gifted to me mm. um because they were saved i save a lot of things i'm a bit of a pack rat that way and um 
Right. Who knows? Maybe my daughter will get a treasure chest too. Right. got to uh we got to finish things up but it's been a real pleasure having you on the show and i want to thank you for taking the time to do this with us and congratulations to you and wish you all the best in the future with all your other endeavors and uh, i'm just wondering if um i've got a few songs lined up in front of me here i got sweeter i got uh heard good things uh, glass house any one of those come to mind that you want to leave the show with i like sweeter it's fun you know um it's got a good beat and uh it's got a laid back beat that makes mm-hmm. you, you boogie yeah yeah yep. which i like right. and the song is you know similar to ballad of a young troubadour where i talk about you know i took a road trip with my great uncle paul he's the only uh surviving member of the, the skanks family my grandfather's brother uh at the moment and uh is our family uh patriarch he is a, a spiritual leader and and part of the, the mohawk community and uh, uh very deep dude and uh, i remember going on a road trip with uh, him and his family um my cousins peter and mark and adam and uh i think what i love about that trip was that you know we saw chief dan george speak and at a powwow we cool. it was the first time that i ever learned how to play uh war or crazy eights you know sitting in the back of a station wagon and, and doing that it was pretty fun <laughs> and then you know memory lane goes and takes you to to, to touring in a van right. with my with my friends right. in my early 20s and and uh we used to have this funny game it's called hot and cold i'll just say basically if you uh raised your hand and you wanted to be cold you had to take all your clothes off except for your gitch and, and we'd drive <laughs> through the rocky mountains in the winter time with the windows <laughs> wide open <laughs> see how long somebody could do that and if you wanted to be hot you, you got, had to put on everybody else's clothes and sit there oh, and with the with the heat turned up for as long as you could and you just get bored and you think of things to do and that's those right, are the right. dumb bratty things that come to mind right right all right good way to, for us to end the show julian thanks again so much for taking the time to talk to us thanks for the opportunity dave oh it's it's our pleasure and again congratulations julian all the best in the thanks, future julian. all right it's good to see you man. all right you too we'll talk soon Yeah.
And that is Julian Taylor, afternoon DJ here at 106.5 FM, as well as the Juno nominated for his album, The Ridge. And uh, the Junos now are going to be held on um, actually June 6th. And uh, they're going to be telecast on CBC, uh, CBC Gem, Radio One, CBC Music, and all of that great stuff. So you're going to be able to catch it all there. And we're going to wish Julian all the best in rereading for him. But let's leave the show now by listening to another one of Julian's great songs. And it is called Sweeter, right here on Element FM and Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again tomorrow. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.